women have been trying to prove a point with the last six years of the sexual revolution uh, with everything from pantsuits to the whole idea that we don't need men. And it's getting at something, whether it's the attempt to liberate yourself from fertility, whether it's this idea of, well, does equality make me more of a woman or even attempts via pantsuits or the no man mentality or breaking those glass ceilings. All of it is trying to discover what does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to champion being a woman? Well, it's not that we aren't nothing. That is, it's not that we can be anything, male, female, whatever you want to call yourself. Being a woman is not saying that I am all these imperfections. It's not saying I'm just a sack of body parts to be used and abused. Being a woman isn't my own self-doubt or self-loathing or any other list of knots or insecurities. The world today says that this is what you aren't, and I think that's the problem, is we say, well, that isn't what it means to be a woman. To be pregnant doesn't mean what it is to be a woman. To be a wife isn't what it means to be a woman. And there are faults and problems with all of this. The world also wants to say that motherhood, being a wife, a virgin, even a pious religious woman, to be gentle, meek, humble, or even to be pregnant, the world says that is not what it means to be a woman. That's what society, our current culture says. In a so-called woke culture that says you've evolved as a woman, you don't have to be tied down, bound by the fertility, release the shackles, be equal. But what does the Bible say about being a woman? Who is the first woman, according to sacred scripture? Eve. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it says, God blessed them, that is Adam and Eve, and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over, he goes on to say, every living thing that moves upon the earth. Dominion, not domination, dominion. And I just pause for a moment there because I think we live in a third way feminist society that says to be a woman means to dominate, to be the dominator, but we're called to have dominion, not domination. God blessed them, as we read, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So what does that mean? Let your life come to something. Bear fruit. Fruitfulness in the human being is twofold. To do what is good, to be virtuous, to cultivate in the world, but also, he says, and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. So have children. That's part of our role and mission as women and men. But as women, we're looking from that perspective. And then he says in the mission, and fill the earth. So fill the earth with what you cultivate. That is in creating human beings, co-creating human beings, and what you cultivate in the life you live and those things that you subdue. That's the next mission of the woman, to subdue the earth. What does subdue mean? The Hebrew word, if we look into the root meaning of subdue, in Hebrew that means to bring into subjection. And as we saw, Adam named his wife, gave her the name Eve, because she is the mother of all the living. What does it mean to be the mother of all the living? Well, he named her that before she ever even bore children, to our knowledge, if we follow the biblical narrative sequentially. She had potency within her. What does all of that potency mean? That means she had potential, biological potential, because the reality is we have a biological reality to our bodies, a biological reality that as women, our bodies function cyclically month to month as women and our health, actually, if you didn't know this, is indicated in many ways based on how our body functions cyclically, if those cycles month to month are working properly. And all of that is actually understood according to our ability to be fertile, 
our ability to ovulate. And not all women, although we are all created with this potential, not all women will cultivate the biological reality of motherhood. God inspires some people to live consecrated virgin lives. God inspires and calls some women to be biological mothers. But there's also the real challenge and sorrowful dysfunction of the cross of infertility. And I called it dysfunction, not saying that you're wrong, but the reality is, is that God created us for this potential to bear and carry children. And so when infertility occurs, when there's a struggle with fertility, there's something that has gone wrong along the way. And it is a true cross. It's a suffering of a dysfunction. It's a loss of motherhood to be mourned. There's a reality. And even for those who choose not to have children, not via everything from contraception to abortion, but those who choose, let's say, consecrated life or maybe never meet someone and never get married, they mourn, women mourn their lost motherhood. Women mourn the lack of children they have when they don't have as many as they would have liked because they've fallen prey to the feminist movement that says to be a woman is to be liberated and you do you on your time. And if you want children later on, you can do that. But that's not true. Look at third-party reproductive technology, surrogacy, IVF, all of this. It's a mess. The bottom line is this. If Eve's name means to be the mother of all the living, if Eve's name, Shavahava, means to breathe, to live, to give life in Hebrew, that is all about potential. And again, not all women will be mothers, but there's this potency within us. Now, before Eve even bore children, she was still called mother of all the living. This was the name Adam gave her. She lived in the garden, but she fell. We know the fall of Adam and Eve, our first father and mother, is that we too, in understanding the fall, we too all fall and we fall daily, myself included. But the mission is still there from the first Eve. From the moment of creation, God gave that mission. He blessed them. He called them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it to have dominion, not domination, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And so how is that mission lived out? How is even the name of Eve lived out and understood? Well, we can understand it from the perspective of the first woman and that she was mother of all the living. But how do we understand that in the perfection of what it means to be a woman? The mission is given first to Eve, but it's taken up by all of us women. And it's taken up in a particular way by the Blessed Virgin Mary, the new Eve. And we're going to get into what that mission looks like by setting side by side Eve and the Blessed Virgin Mary, who biblically, theologically, philosophically, we've always referred to as the new Eve. What was Mary from the beginning? Well, she was a woman. But she also wasn't pregnant from the beginning of her life. Mary lived a life prior to the conception, the incarnation of Christ. In Luke chapter 1, verse 28, we read that initial annunciation story where the angel Gabriel comes to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Have you ever pondered the greeting of the angel to Our Lady and looked at this from a biblical perspective? Diving into the interpretation of this. The angel Gabriel says this to Mary, and we tend to overlook it because we pray all our Hail Marys as Catholics that are biblical. The words are this of the angel Gabriel, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Those are the words. It's not Hail Mary. The biblical words are Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. What does Hail mean? It means rejoice. That's part of, by the way, our mission as women as well. The first message of the messenger of God, the angel Gabriel, to the Blessed Virgin Mary that woman who we are meant to look at as the model of what it means to be a woman is to rejoice. Mary is 
the embodiment of faith. Why is she called full of grace? She's not even called by her name. She's predisposed to God. She has potency within her. And because she's predisposed to God, she's available to hear, receive, and live out the mission that God is about to send her through the angel Gabriel. So when the angel doesn't call her by name in Luke chapter 1, he says, full of grace. This is the only time in all of sacred scripture. Let me make that clear. This is the only time in all of sacred scripture when a person is addressed not by their particular personal name, but instead by a title. Mary is addressed by the title, by an adjective, full of grace. This description of what she is, who she is. Full of grace, if we look at some of the interpretation of St. Jerome, who was the first person to interpret the Bible from the Greek. And when he looked at that, from the Greek into the Latin, when he looked at that word, full of grace, when he made his commentary on that naming of Our Lady and that title of Our Lady is full of grace, he referred to it as graced. In other words, that meant that Our Lady was already graced by God. She was full of God's life. That's what it means to be full of grace, to be full of God's grace. She's full of the divine life. Now, Mary, why is this? Because Mary's already living to her fullest potential as a woman. She hasn't even conceived the Christ child within her womb. She has already taken up the mission of the first woman, that is Eve, who's known as the mother of all the living. And what was one of the missions that God gave Eve at the very beginning of sacred scripture, the beginning of the Bible? To subdue. That means to bring into subjection. What Eve was meant to do is what Mary herself does, even prior to the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Mary brought into subjection herself before the Creator. She was already predisposed to know, love, and adore God, and this is why she was so receptive to the message of the angel Gabriel. This is why she was able to give her yes, her fiat, those words in Latin that we repeat in the Angelus, fiat mihi secundum verbum tuum, be it done to me according to thy word, God. To say those words of Our Lady, to honor the presence of Christ in the world and in our own bodies, that potential within us. Our Lady, before the Incarnation, was already practicing the mission of Eve, the first woman in herself, bringing herself into subjection before the Creator. How did she do this? Through her faithfulness to God. She was predisposed to God, and therefore she was predisposed to receive Christ in her womb. Now, if we connect this again to the mission of the first woman, what does it mean to be a woman? Well, Eve was the mother of all the living. Mary's the new Eve. That means life with God is what we need to live out. The life of God was severed in Genesis chapter 3 by Eve, but Mary embodies the mission of living life with God, of subduing herself before the Creator, of bringing herself into subjection. She subdues herself. She becomes fruitful, not even already yet in her motherhood. She becomes fruitful in her actions and in her virtues. She's already multiplying the grace of Christ within the world by her predisposition to God. She's filling the earth with the grace of Christ, first within herself and then in her relationships with others. We see this, for example, and as soon as she receives that great gift of our Lord Jesus Christ in our room, what's her first 
action. It's to go and practice that grace-filled life and caring for her cousin Elizabeth and her old age as she's pregnant with John the Baptist. She's having dominion over herself and cultivating the world, over every living thing. That dominion is not domination. It's a grace-filled life. She is the perfection of womanhood before she becomes the mother of God. Think about that. Our Lady was already the perfection of motherhood before she became the mother of God. She, before becoming the mother of God and the greeting of the Archangel Gabriel in Luke chapter 1, she is not called Mary. She is called full of grace. As St. Jerome says, grace, that early church father. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, if you read just a few paragraphs, 1996 through 2000, and the Catechism of the Catholic Church say quite a bit about grace. It says grace is participation in the life of God. I'll say that again. Grace is participation in the life of God. Mary had this before she even gave her fiat, before she even gave her consent to carrying Christ in her womb. Mary already brought herself again into subjection. She subdued herself to the creator and she has the life of God within her, which is why she's able to say yes to the life of Jesus Christ within her. She's already cultivated within herself the Trinitarian life of life-giving, self-giving love of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ before the gift of Christ has even been given to the world in time and space. This is the mission of a woman. This is what it means to be a woman. You will discover what it means to be a woman if you cultivate within yourself the life of God, if you predispose yourself to a grace-filled life. That means subduing as the first mission of Eve was within yourself, your passions, emotions, desires, needs, fears, joys, sorrows, wants, everything you are, everything you struggle with, you subdue it. You subject it to God. The mission of Eve, the first woman, was to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, to subdue it, to have dominion, not domination, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. That goes against the radical feminist movement we hear today. That's why if you Google what does it mean to be a woman, well, it's going to say this whole debate about gender and how some people think that biological women are women and some people think trans women are women. Well, there's a different story and we need to set the record straight. There's an effort in today's culture to erase what it means to be a woman because if we look at the reality of what those things are, not just from biology, but from human anthropology, from psychology, from science. So what does it mean to be a woman? How do we live out that mission? How do we live out Our Lady in her embodiment of the mission of Eve? Our Lady being full of grace, how do we become full of grace as well? To live a grace-filled life means to receive the graces from the church through the sacraments, receiving our Lord Jesus Christ worthily in the most holy sacrament of the Eucharist, receiving the grace and forgiveness of our Lord Jesus Christ in the sacrament of confession. These are fundamental. This is why there are sacraments of initiation that bring us into our faith, sacraments of initiation, including communion, confirmation, and baptism. Of course, I listed those backward, but the sacraments are what help us to live. They are what make us live a graceful life that we are called to as women. <laughs>